Okay, so we're going to pick it up from the Mishnah and Dafir Aleph Amid Aleph. The Mishnah is basically telling us the following halacha. The Mishnah is telling us that if there's a, basically, that if a woman, if someone lives with a woman when she's below the age of three years old, uh, that part of the body will regrow and she'll have Dam Basulam again. So she's considered a Basula. So the way the Mishnah describes it is it says Hagiyaris, Hagiyaris. Now, all Giyaris is, we assume before they converted, might have lived with uh, when someone, when she when they weren't Jewish. So Giyaris are Shvuya, a woman who was taken captive. Also, people taken captive, we assumed, are, were hurt by their captors. Bashivchor are non-Jew slaves also. We assume they're not Basulas. Sheniftu, Vishen Ezgar, Vishen Shtachru, they converted, they freed, or they were taken captive. Pchusas, Mebrach, all below the age of three. So basically, these are women that we assume we're, we're with people, but all below the age of three. So, so he says like this, Ksuvasan Masayim v'eshlan tainas basulim. So the halach is, Ksuvasan Masayim, they have a Ksuva of 200, meaning that the basulis, the, the, the dam basulim and the hymen, all these have grow back. So therefore, even though they live with someone below the age of three, it grows back, and they're back to being basulim, b'yishon taimnes basulim, and the husband could say, loy matzasidam, and all that stuff. That's, uh, um, that's the halacha. Okay. So now the Gemara is going to take us from here into the next Mishnah. It's going to talk about the concept of converting a, a child below the age of bar mitzvah. Now, the halacha is, in general, when... When someone converts, they have to have das. Right? They have to know what they're doing. So the question is, how do you convert someone under the age of bar mitzvah? So it says the Gemara, Amr Avuna Ger Kata. If a convert is under the age of bar mitzvah, Matbilin Oisay Al Das Bezdin. Meaning, it's poshit that if a parent converts, a father converts, the child can convert with them. Why? I, we don't know whether they're interested in doing this. They're children, they're not old enough to understand. The answer is, we assume the average person wants to convert to be like their parents. So if the parents aren't converting, then the child definitely can convert. The question the Gemara has over here, over here the Gemara is saying is, Ger Katan. Over here we're talking, Rashi explains, we're talking about a case where the father's not alive. Um, it's a shallow whether the mother's alive. Now, yeah, so let's say the father's not alive. So the mother brings the child to convert. The halacha is we accept the conversion. I, we don't, it's not like there's a standard case where the father is around and the child wants to be like the father. So why does it work? Bezdin can convert the child. Why? Because it's a concept called which means that you're allowed to make an acquisition for someone if it's a net positive. So there's a lost object on the floor. You could pick it up and say, oh, I'm having in mind that it should be for that guy. Because why wouldn't someone want a lost object? What you can't do is you can't buy a property for someone and now they have a mortgage. You say, oh, I thought you'd want that. Who, who said I wanted that? That's not necessarily a net positive because now I have financial responsibilities. So anytime it's a net positive, we say, the Gemara understands that converting someone to be a Jew is considered a positive because you're closer to Hashem. So over here, if a child who does not have Das yet comes with his mother or with his siblings, 
and uh, the siblings say we're going to convert. You're allowed to convert the child under the age of bar mitzvah because zachin adam because it's a positive for the person to be Jewish. The Gemara says, "My what's the chiddush? The chiddush of this Gemara is that converting to Judaism is considered as chus. It's considered a positive. And therefore, you're allowed to do that even without his das. Tanina, don't I already know this? We have this rule already, so why do you have to tell me this? The answer is, You might think that a non-Jew would rather live the life of a non-Jew where there's no restrictions of Torah, and he can marry and do whatever he wants, and you might think that being Jewish is not considered a net positive, because the Chazal understood that a non-Jewish slave would rather be a slave and live with whoever he wants. It definitely doesn't want to be Jewish. So you might think that all non-Jews would rather be not Jewish, and being Jewish is considered not a net positive. Kamash Malon, Dahani Mili Gadol. Kamash no. It's only considered a negative if they were Gedolim, if they were over the age of Bar Mitzvah and they already started living that lifestyle of a non Jew to then change it. That's not such an easy thing to do, and therefore that you would need Das of the child. But, the Tam Tam but a child who's never done anything wrong, then to raise him as a Jew is 100% positive, and it's something that we can do without his Das. Now, yeah. So the Gemara says like this, so we have a rule that you could convert, that a Bezin can convert a child under the age of our Mitzvah. Let me say, let's bring a proof. Why? What's the proof? What did our Mishnah say? Our Mishnah was talking about the laws of Basulan, but forget about that. What was the case of our Mishnah? The case of our Mishnah was a three-year-old girl who converted. Now let me ask you a question. How do you have a three-year-old convert? It must be that Bezin converted, and you see that Bezin can convert without uh, without the child's das because it's chosulai, right? That's the rule. That we're saying that if well, there's no father, if there's a father, then you don't have to ask the child. We assume the child wants to be like its father. But over here we're talking about cases where there is no father, and we're saying that a Bezin can convert the child because it's chosulai. That doesn't mean that we're looking for a goyim, but it means that if the family says they want to convert, we can convert the child as well because it's chos. So the I'll prove it to you that Bezdin can do it without the child's das, even when he's under reverence, because the Mishnah said a case of a three-year-old convert. How do you have a three-year-old convert? It must be Bezdin did it. You see that Bezdin will convert, because it's Bezin is as not referring to this case. You see that Bezdin has the power to convert children. So the answer is loy. No, the case of the Mishnah could be really maybe Bezdin does not have the ability to convert a child. So how in our Mishnah do you have a child under the age of Bar Mitzvah that's a convert? The cases where the father converted as well, the whole family converted. So we say, as I said before, when the whole family converts, the father and the mother convert, of course the child will want to convert because it's not a matter of if we assume a child wants to be like its parents. The Chiddush of our Gemara is that a Bezdin can convert a child. That we don't see from a mission because it could be our mission is talking about a case where the parents converted alongside the child. But when the child is just converting without the parents, that we do not yet have a source for. Okay. But either way, we have this concept that a child can convert below the age of our mitzvah, either with the father converting, and then we assume he wants to be like the father, or even without the father because it's chosulai. Says the Gemara Rabbi Yosef, this is a very famous concept, that once they get to the age of our mitzvah and bat mitzvah, they could renounce the conversion. Meaning, as the Gemara is going to explain, once they get to the age of bar and bat mitzvah, we ask them, do you want to be a convert? If they say no, then it, it's undone. If they say yes, then they're Jewish. 
So you're telling me that basically, so if you convert a nine-year-old girl, so for three years she's Jewish, but once she reaches the age of Bar Mitzvah, it can be, it can be removed. So Eisve Abaya Abaya says, I have a question. You have a convert at the age of three, if she gets married, her ksuba is 200, because we consider her a basula. So that means that if she gets married, she gets a, she gets a ksuba. Now, the Gemara assumes like this. She converted at the age of two. Yeah. She gets married at the age of uh, 10. That means that a 10-year-old, then she gets a ksuba of 200. Now the Gemara is saying, but once she reaches bat mitzvah, she could remove she could remove the Jewishness, uh, the, the conversion. It can be undone. So you're telling me we're giving her a ksuba when she gets married at ten and gets divorced at ten. So she gets a ksuba of two hundred. So we're giving her a ksuba when she could be not Jewish two years later. That's a strange thing. And if you say that they could renounce their conversion when they're above bat mitzvah. So we're going to give them money? As, you know, again, she got married at 10. It says that she gets a ksuba of 200. That means that she got married and divorced at 10. So we give her a ksuba of 200, even though two years later she could become a non-Jew. So we have to give her money, even though later she could become not Jewish. Now, by the way, the Gemara is asking that question. I could have answered, as the Gemara is going to point out later on, you could argue, yes, you should give her that money, even though there's a chance she'll become not Jewish, because the whole premise of a ksuba is to protect the Jewish woman, and yeah, sometimes you know, you have to protect and the money's going to be lost, but the Gemara assumes that it's a strange thing to give them a ksuba if they could become not Jewish so the Gemara answers, you're right she only gets a ksuba after the bat mitzvah meaning, if she gets divorced at 10 the money's put in escrow and then when she's bat mitzvah and she chooses to remain a Jew, then she gets the money now the Gemara, said, the Gemara is trying to clarify, I explain that once she becomes bat mitzvah and says she's Jewish she's Jewish the Gemara wants to know if that's true. The Gemara says, Lechigodlo, Nami Machi Venafka. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm sorry, I got interrupted. Um, so the Gemara is trying to figure this out. The Gemara assumes that when she gets older, that she can renege, meaning it's not like when she's bat mitzvah, then she says she's Jewish, then she's Jewish. She could cancel when she's 20, when she's 30. So the Gemara says, why can't she cancel, renounce her conversion when she's 20? The answer is, once she's bat mitzvah for a moment, she has that, she can only renege that first moment. Once she's Jewish during that first moment, she cannot back out after that. Okay? Masiv Rava, Rava Asakasha. So right now, okay, so that, that was the basic flow of the Gemara. The Gemara felt that you could cancel the conversion when you reach bat mitzvah. The Gemara says, then why would we give her a ksuba? Um, why would we give her a ksuba if there's a chance she becomes Jew, not Jewish again? The answer is, it's put in escrow. Okay? Masiv Rabba. Rabba has a similar question, but instead of a ksuba, it's from a case of rape, right? We know that if you manus a woman, you have to pay a penalty. These are the nairis that you have to give a penalty if you violate them. Habo al if you have a convert that's under the age of three, and then someone loses it later, someone attacks it later on, he has to give her a penalty. Oh, it's the same question. And again, you're telling me that there's a chance that she becomes not Jewish. Why do I have to give her a penalty? 
if later on she becomes not Jewish, why should I give her a penalty? So the answer is, again, is put in escrow. So wait a minute, can she renounce it later on? The answer is, once she is Jewish for one moment, she cannot cancel it anymore. It's the same Gemara, but instead of the question being from Ksuba, and the answer is we put in escrow, the question is from, Rava asked it from uh, Ma'anis. Now the Gemara explains, they both didn't like each other's kashas. Again, the same kasha is basically you're telling me that once a person can renounce their conversion, why should I give them monetary concepts that, that will eventually be used if they're not Jewish? The answer is it's put in escrow. Now, the Gemara, the first question was from Ksuba, the second one was from uh, from um, Oynes. Now, the Gemara just explains each one didn't like the other. Abai didn't like the kasha from, from Oynes. Why? Hasim Knossam. Hainu Taima says to Rava, What's your question? Why should I give a penalty to a woman I rape if she's going to become Jewish? Uh, because you did something awful, that's why. Like, it, 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 you're so worried that, like, oh, the money's going to go to her and she's not going to be Jewish at the end. So what? You did something terrible. Maybe Takashi, maybe maybe the money's not put in escrow. Maybe Takashi does become Jewish and she gets the money as a guy. So why should I give it? Because you attacked a woman. That's why. That's why he didn't like that. He liked Ksuba. And Rava, Loyomer Kabaya, Rava didn't like what Abaya says, because Ksuba had no time to take Kala of He says the opposite. Ksuba doesn't bother me, right? What's the bother? That you're going to give her a Ksuba, and she's going to renounce her conversion, and she's going to get money uh, when she's a guy. So, the whole purpose of a Ksuba is to protect Jewish women. So, sometimes you have to protect all of them, even if it means that there's a technicality, that they're not going to use it, uh, that they're going to use it when they become Goyim. So, each one didn't like the other one's rationale. Okay. Viter in the Mishnah. New Mishnah. Mishnah says like this. Hagadol Shabal Akhtana, an adult male who lives with a girl under the age of three. Again, it's she's still considered a psula. Katan Shabal or the opposite, which is you have a boy under the age of nine who lives with an adult woman. If an eight-year-old boy lives with a girl over the age of bat mitzvah, the halacha is that that bia is not considered a real bia. She's still considered a basula. An eight-year-old's bia, eight and under, is not considered a real uh, relations, and she's still considered a bia. So you have three cases. You have a girl under the age of three who lives with someone is going to grow back, a woman who is with a, g- a boy under the age of nine, or mukas eight, a woman who was injured by a piece of wood, meaning a piece of wood pierced her in that part of the body. So she's technically, she may not have blood, and in her her body might not be intact, but she was never with a man. So all of these people, Ksuvasa Masai and Dibra Meir, Meir feels that all of these three categories are still Basulas. Chacham, they say no, Mukas Eitz, Ksuvasa Mana. They say no, Amukas Eitz, because that part of the body was ripped and blood came out, even though it wasn't with a man, it was with a, you know, a car accident or a piece of wood hit her there. The halacha is, Mukas Eitz is Mana, is only, she's considered a Nalmana. So there are three categories, Everyone agrees the first two cases. They argue about a mukas eitz. Okay, last part of the Mishnah. Besula almano grusha vechalutza mina nesuin. Let's say you have a woman who's a widow, a divorcee, or a chalutza, but she claims, and, and she's fully married, but she claims she was never with her husband. So you have a woman who fully married, went to the chuppah, yichurum, and then a week after they were married, uh, the husband divorced her or, got, or, or died. And she claims she's still a basula. The halachas, we don't believe her. Ksuvas and mana. She only gets the ksuva of 100 from any future marriage. We don't assume that she's a basula, because we assume that a married couple are together. Go to the next page. Ve'inlam tainus basulam. And you can't claim uh, tainus basulam against her. 
meaning we don't treat her as a basula. And a giyaris hashuy of hashivcha, a convert, a captive, or a slave woman, shenifter, shashar, vishachu, yiseris, avarish, hashem, yachad, that all of these things happen above the age of three, so let's say they were converted at five, ransomed, or, uh, or freed at the age of three and up, so five years old or six years old, the halach is, um, times assume we assume they're not a basula. Okay. So you have three, first three categories of the Mishnah is a girl under the age of three, she's a basula, according to everybody, a boy under the age of nine who lived with a woman, seemingly everyone agrees that she's a basula, and then you have a mukaseit, and mukaseit is a machleik, is a man, a chacham. Okay. Am Rav Yudha Merab, says the Gemara. Rav Yehuda Merab says, Katan habolaktana, on the second Abed, Katan habolaktana, if a boy under the age of nine lives with a woman, so we said in the Mishnah, seemingly, according to everyone, she's a basula still. Also, mukasets. He has the status, she has the status of a mukasets. She has the same halachic status as a woman who was injured with a piece of wood in that part of the body. Now, what's interesting is the piece of wood, the mukasets, we said as a machlekes or mayor in the Rabbanon, whether she's a basula. It seemed to be universally accepted that a katan abol gadola is considered a basula, but now Rabbi Yehuda Marab says, no, that's actually a mukasets, meaning that there were three cases in the Mishnah. The last one's Mukasets is a Machlogus or Meir the Rabbana, whether she's a Basula or not. The first case, everyone agrees she is. The middle case, which is a Katan, a Bolgadola, an eight-year-old that lives with a woman, we thought it was universally accepted that she's still a Basula. Rabbi the Rabbi says, no, it's the same halachic status as a Mukasets, which means the same way they argue by Mukasets, they argue by that category as well. He disagreed, he said, no. Um, the case of a katan, Baal Gedola, is a basula according to everyone. The standard way to read our Mishnah. But again, according to Rav Yudha Marav, according to Rav, and by the way, so it's Machalikus Rav and Shmuel, and some describe the same opinions, but without quoting Rav Yehuda Marav, and statements in the name of Shmuel, just Rav and Shmuel. Katan of Gedola, you have an eight-year-old boy who lives with a Gedola, Rav Amar Asom Mukasets. Rav says it's a Mukasets and it's a Machlokas reviewed in the Rabbanon. Shmuel Amein Mukasets Mubasa and Shmuel disagrees. Fine. So that means that there's a Machlokas. According to Rav, if a Katan Abol Gadola has the status of a Mukasets. Now, the Gemara is. Now, the problem is that's not what the Mishnah says. The Mishnah says three categories. And it says they only argue by Mukasets. The middle category of a Katan Abol Gadola in the Mishnah seems to imply that they are universally accepting that it's a Basula, not like Rab. Rab says it's a Machlogis. That's not what the Mishnah says. So you have to reread the Mishnah according to Rab. Uh, the Gemara says, Masav Ravoshi, Ravoshi says, look at our Mishnah. The Mishnah doesn't sound like that. It says, Katan Shabal Katana, first category, girl under the age of Bat. Three years old is a basula for sure. Fine. Katan Abogadola, which is now Rav saying is a machlokas, umukaseits, and then the third category is It seems that the Chachamar Amir are only arguing by mukaseits. It seems in the case of a Katan Abogadola, it seems to be universally accepted she's a basula. Not like Rav saying. So the Gemara says you have to reread the Mishnah. I'm a Rav Hachikar, but this is what that Mishnah actually means. Gadol Habal Katana Veloiklum. The first category, which is if you live with a girl under the age of three, it's nothing because the body will regrow. Fine. Then the second category, which Rab says is a machlokas, and Shmuel disagrees, Rabba reads the Mishnah saying that the second category 
is an example of Mukas Eitz, and Mukas Eitz is a Machloikis, meaning, i.e., they argue by the last two cases, according to Rav. Okay. So you have a Machloikis or a Meir, fine. Now, let's analyze the Machloikis or Meir and the Rabban. A and the Rabban argue what the status of a Mukas Eitz is. Again, a Mukas Eitz is a woman who, that part of the body, the hymen was ripped and the blood came out, but she was never with a man, it was due to an injury. So it's a Machloikis or Meir and the Rabban Amr of Rami Bar Machlokis Bishihikarba. The whole machlokis is where the chassan akala knew about the injury before the wedding. Rameir medami bogeres. Rameir compares it to a bogeres. A bogeres is a girl above the age of 12 and a half. Now, above the age of 12 and a half, um, above the age of 12 and a half, apparently, even if you're a basula, that part of the body is, there may not be blood and yeah, so yeah, apparently that part of the body, that skin, like disintegrates uh, as you get older. So you could have so basically, Rameir says a mukasets is just like a bogaris, just like a bogaris is someone who's older and she's still considered a basula, even though that part of the body is not intact. So to mukasets, still considered basula, even though the body is not intact. For Rabbanon Madame Lebula, and the Rabbanon compare mukasets to a woman who was with, with another man. So it's, it's, so it's a machlogus. Our mayor says, full ksuba of 200, like a basula. Rabbanon say ksuba of 100. Avolo hikrabav. It says the Gemara. If the chassan did not know about the wood injury, the mukasets, before, and then when they're together, then the halacha is, the halacha is she forfeits her ksuba. Why? Because it's a mekachtos. So the Gemara is saying that if you marry a woman, and the chassan did not know that she was a mukasets, and then finds out she was a mukasets. The the marriage is the the, the 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 marriage is canceled, and you don't have to pay the ksu at all because it's a mekachtos. It's a it's a false advertising. Okay, fine. For Rameir, so the machlekes of mukasets is dafka when they were aware about it. Rameir compares it to a bogeres. The rabbanon compare it to beula. The gemara just speaks out. Rameir, my madam the bogeres and the dad the beula. Why does Rameir not compare mukasets to a woman who's a beula? Beula is sabamayis ve'adam. Halay sabamayis ve'adam. The answer is very simple. A beula was with a man. This woman was never with a man. She was in an, she had an injury, but she was never with a man. So it's not a beula. It's more comparable to Bagaris. For Rabbanon, they compare it to Baula, not a Bagaris. Why? Nidabla Bagaris. Bagaris Leosa Maisa Klal. Haisaba Maisa. Over here, they compare more to Baula because she had something happen to her. There was a Maisa. So because a Maisa in, was involved and she's no longer, that part of the body is not intact, they compare more to Baula. Fine. Now, it says the Gemara, The Gemara said that if you marry a woman, and then find out afterwards, you did not know that she was a Mukasets. Then you find out she was a Mukasets, it's a Mekachtos, no Ksub at all. Masiv, Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman, Asakasha, he omeris Mukasets, you have a case where there's a Chassan and Kala arguing. They find out she's not a Basula, but they're arguing what happened. So she says, I'm a Mukasets. And he says, no, you committed adultery. So she says she's a Mukasets, meaning, and she gets a Ksub of 100. And he says, no, do you commit adultery, you get nothing. Rav Gamliel, Rav Lazar, Rav Menace, Rav Gamliel, and Rav Lazar say she's believed. What do you see? You see, that's a case where he did not know she was a Mukasets before, obviously. And you see that Mukasets get something. Meaning, we're saying right now that if you marry a woman not knowing she's a Mukasets, then you find that she's a Mukasets, a Mekachtos, forfeit the Ksub entirely, nothing. So what happened in this case? They marry a woman, 
She's not a basula. He says, you committed adultery, you forfeited your ksuba. She says, no, I, I didn't commit adultery. I'm a mukas eitz. If a mukas eitz, if you find out she's a mukas eitz after the fact, she also doesn't get a ksuba, then they're both, what are they both saying? He's saying, you don't get a ksuba because you committed adultery. And she says, no, I don't get a ksuba because I'm mukas eitz. So what's the argument? It's evidently clear from this brisa that if you claim you're a mukas eitz, even without the chassan's knowledge that she's a mukas eitz, you get a ksuba of a hundred. So hence the machlekes is, he's saying you commit adultery and you forfeit your ksuba. She says, no, I'm a mukas eitz and I get a hundred. It's clear that the mukas eitz gets something. So El Amar Rava, so Rava rather amends it. Bain hikerba, bain lo hikerba, whether he knew about her condition or not. Rav Meir Masayim, Rav Meir feels that a mukas eitz gets 200. There's no, it's not a mekachtos. And the Rabbanon, hikibramana, lo hikibravalokum. And the Rabbanon say, no. If you were aware of the condition before, then you get a hundred. But if you're not aware, then you get nothing. So it's only a mekachtos according to the Rabbanon. But according to Rav Meir, you get a ksuba of 200 regardless of whether you knew about the condition or not. So according to Rava, the only time that it's a mekachtos is according to the Rabbanon. If you're if you're aware that it's a mukasets, then it's a hundred. If you're not aware, then it's a mekachtos. That's Rava's take. Rava is going to change his mind. The Bahadama Rava, but Rava reneged his opinion, and Rava will eventually say that, according to everyone, there's no such thing as a mekachtos by a, by a mukasets. Meaning, Rameir feels that a mukasets always gets two hundred, whether you're aware of it or not. The Rabbanon feels a mukasets always gets one hundred, whether you're aware of it or not. So Rava's statement that there's a concept of mekachtos, he completely reneged and he pulled back on. How do I know this, Detanya? Now, this is a very long brisa until the end of the Amid. And it's going to be clear from the end of the Brisa that it's not a Mekachtos, that if you find out she's a Mugasetz afterwards, according to Rameir, you get 200, according to Ravani, you get 100, so there's no such thing as Mekachtos. And Rava was the author of this, so Rava reneged his statement. Titania. Kate said at Shemra. What's an example of a Tzor Shemra? Moti Shemra is where you claim the woman's not a Basula, and she was. So Bala Bezdin, Ba'amar, you go to Bezdin and you say, Poloni Lomatsasi Levitcha Basum. You tell the father, your daughter was not a virgin, I didn't find her to be a Basula. So, so then what we do, so we investigate. If you find out that she committed adultery, then she only gets uh, a Ksuva of 100. Now the Gemara says, wait a minute. If you find out she committed adultery, she gets a death penalty. The Gemara says, If you find out she committed adultery, she gets killed. He says, okay, you're right. This is what the Bryson meant to say. If there are witnesses that she committed adultery, she gets killed. If, however, there's Aiden that she didn't commit adultery, that she just lived with a guy before she got married, and she just wasn't absolutely she got married, then she gets a ksuva of 100. Keep going. What do you see? This is a case where a guy thought she was a basula, found out afterwards she wasn't because of witnesses that she had a boyfriend before they met and she wasn't a basula and she only gets a ksub of 100. What do you see? You see it's not a mekachtos. You see that if you marry someone, we'll get to mukasets in a second, but you do see from the sugya that if you marry a woman thinking she's a basula and she's not, it's not a mekachtos, and you still have to give her a ksub of 100. The Gemara says, Rav Rav says, You see from this b'raisa, If you marry a woman thinking she's a basula, and then you find out that she's not a basula at all, she was with a boyfriend before she got married, she still gets a ksub of 100. That's what you see from the b'raisa. Now the problem with that is, Masav Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman has the kasha, Hanois, the Brisa is another, the Mishnah says, Hanosa Seisha Vlomatzala Basula. You marry a woman and she's not a Basula, so they're arguing about what happened. 
She says, I was a basula when I was when I got married to you when I was raped, and therefore, and it's your bad mazel, and therefore I get a full soup of two hundred. And he says, No, you must have had a boyfriend before we met, and it's a mekach tois. I owe you nothing. and I owe you nothing. So what do you see? You see that when a woman, when you think the woman's a basula, and then you found out that she had a boyfriend before. She, you get nothing, less leklau. It's a mekachtos. So how could you say that if you marry a woman, thinking she's a psula, and then you find out she has a boyfriend before you got married, so she's a bu'ula, that she gets a ksu of 100, over here it says mekachtos, less leklau. It implies that she gets nothing. So the answer is, had a question, what was Rosh answered? My mekachtos, nam masayim. When the Mishnah says mekachtos, it doesn't mean mekachtos and you don't have to pay her at all. It means mekachtos from 200, you give her 100. So the Gemara is explaining that it's universally accepted that if you think a woman's a basula, then you find out that she had a boyfriend before you met and she's a baula. When it says mekachtos, it means mekachtos on 200. You give her the 100. You give her 100. Fine. Keep going. Rava says no. Rava says no. It was actually a good question. Again, the question is the Brisa said that if you marry a woman thinking she's a basula and you find that she's a baula, you, she gets a ksuva of 100. The problem is there's another Mishnah that says that, that it was a mekachtois. Mekachtois implies nothing. So, what did Rava's answer? This is how Rava answers it, and this this will be going back to Mukas uh, The Rava answers it like this: If there are witnesses that find out the shikmin adultery death penalty, If there are Adam that she got that she had a boyfriend before you got married, and she's really not a basula, zero, zero. So what is the case where? You give her a hundred. This is what the Bryce then meant to say. Nimtas mukas eights. If you found out that she was a mukas eights, yesh leksuva mana, then she you, she gets a ksuva of one hundred. So Rava really explains it like this: If there are witnesses that she committed adultery, death penalty. If there are witnesses that she had a boyfriend before you got married, and she's not a basula, mekachtois nothing. That works with the other mishnah. I the Bryce says she gets one hundred. That's if you find out that she was a mukas eights. You didn't know that she was, but you found that she was a Mukasait. Who authored that same in Rava? Now, Rava had said before, previously, halfway through this Amit, that if you find that she's a Mukasait, it's a Mekachtos, zero. What do you see? Rava changed his mind, and he said, no. If you believe that it's, if you're a Mecha, if you believe that it's a Mukasait, if you find that she's a Mukasait, it's not a Mekachtos, you get 100. You see that Rava reneged his opinion, he changed his opinion, and he said that if you find that she's a Mukasait, she still gets 100. I will